Welcome, friends, to another installment of Red River Rising. I am author Rick Salcedo here with my good friend, Pastor Mike Holmes. And we're continuing our discussion titled, What Type of Influencer Are You? We all influence somebody, whether positively or negatively. And we left off last time with Daniel and the other royal advisors pending the death penalty. Yes, indeed. And uh, so far, it's been an interesting uh, story. We've seen Daniel really stepping up to the plate and showing excellent uh, character. And uh, throughout uh, this uh, events that have led up to where we're at today, and uh, Rick, kind of give us a real uh, quick uh, background. Uh, bring us up to speed, if you sure. Will. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, mm-hmm. and it troubles him. Yep. And he doesn't know what it means, so he goes to his advisors and he says, "You know, I need this dream interpreted, but I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> if you can tell me what I dreamed and then interpret it, I'll know your interpretation is true." They all went. Oh, Oh. Yeah, and they're all like, uh, what, what, what? This yeah. is, you know, no one in the world can do this. And right. he said, you're all a bunch of phonies. I'm, you know, <laughs> that's right. off with your heads. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so they're all pending the death penalty. And when Daniel finds out, he, he asks the king, Hey, can you just give us a little more time? Yep. And so the king gives him a little more time. He goes back to his associates, his fellow Hebrews and says, you know, let's, let's beseech God for mercy mm-hmm. in this situation because our lives are on the line. Right. And that's where we left off, and that's where we're going to pick back up. And we're actually in chapter 2 of Daniel here, and uh, we're at verse 19. And uh, Rick, I'll read right through this section. That works for you. Uh, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Therefore Daniel, and I'm jumping down to verse 24, Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. Now, I want you to see something. There's a couple things I want to point out real quick. Number one here, Daniel received it in a night vision. Now, I have to think, meditating on this myself. You know, the Lord speaks to me when I'm silent. And throughout my day, I get so busy and so distracted. Matter of fact, before we even got started, Rick, I was taking notes, writing down on a, on a pad here, my to-do list to finish after we got done. Mm. Life can get so busy. But you know, at nighttime, when it's just me and the silence, God even speaks to me. He loves to speak to me early in the morning like that. But I, I want to encourage people, when you hear something or see something in the middle of the night like that, Seek the Lord in that. God might be trying to talk to you right then and there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but we see God, and then he blessed God, gave him that glory right out the gate, right? Right. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's move on here. So what happens then? He goes to him and says, don't destroy the wise men of Babylon, obviously, because Daniel is one of those guys. Let me go to the king and let me tell him. So here we go. Daniel answered, verse 27, answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded and I love this. Now listen to this. This is great. You're going to see how Daniel plays this to the king of remembrance, right? All this he's doing, he's building this up to glorify God. Daniel says to him, his answers in the presence of the king, it says, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, and magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king, period. That makes that statement right out of the gate. Look, you went to all these other cats, and nobody could do it. And Daniel says, not even I. Right. He included himself in that. That's right. That's right. And here he goes in verse 28. He gives the true glory where it belongs. This is how God will do in all of our lives when we give him the opportunity to be magnified to it. But there is a God in heaven 
not a God in your idols, not a God in all this other stuff, a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. That yes. is huge, brother. Daniel acknowledges he's simply a vessel that God is using to communicate to the king with. That's exactly right. And that's imperative mm-hmm. that we know that and that we use that because Daniel in all of this now, because he's, he's found favor. But again, we're showing his character, mm-hmm. Daniel's character. He's a very humble individual throughout all of this that I see that he doesn't take anything upon himself. Even when he goes, he goes to his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he, he tells them, let's come together with this and seek the Lord with this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just, yep. it's great of Daniel. And we're seeing that as he's doing this, who's with him? Who's the three guys, the three amigos, the three guys that were with him were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all watching Daniel's play by play. Mm-hmm. This is imperative. This is imperative. We'll see how this plays out a little bit later on. Rick picks up there. All right. Um, so in verse 46, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, since you could, since you could reveal this secret. Yeah, I'm going to just interject real quick right there, man. Um, you know, what we didn't read there between 28 and 46, you know, Daniel obviously tells King Nebuchadnezzar the dream. He gives him mm-hmm. the interpretation. He actually tells him the dream and then gives him the interpretation after the fact mm-hmm. with that. And um, all that to say, he really sh- let God show out to King Nebuchadnezzar. And and, mm-hmm. and you think King Nebuchadnezzar's kind of got it together. That he really sees this. He even makes the statement to Daniel. It says, truly your God is the God of gods. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just saying, your God is the God, period. Right. There are no others. That's right. And then he says, yeah. you're the Lord of kings, not the king. The Lord of kings. It, 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 he's already kind of showing Nebuchadnezzar's character mm-hmm. in this. That, yeah, I'm... He, he's the top dog, and I'm really in awe, but that doesn't discard what I believe or what I think either. But anyway, yeah. all right, we'll move on here. Just keep that in mind, folks. All right, now verse uh, 48. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of, of Babylon. Also, Daniel petitioned the king, and, ha- and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Now we see here the three guys that are with Daniel. Not only did Daniel get exalted through all this, but so did Shadrach, mm-hmm. Meshach, and Abednego. Yes, when when Daniel got honored, see God used him, and, and Daniel gave God all the glory. But the king did honor Daniel and promote him. Absolutely, Daniel didn't forget his friends who were right by his side praying with him. Yeah, you know when their lives were on the line too. Yeah, so you know that's right. He didn't say, you know, oh, hey, look at, you know, personal glory. See y'all later. That's right. <laughs> you all for me. That's right. And we're seeing now too, then the obedience factor, because we've seen obedience play out for Daniel and we saw it earlier too, but we're seeing obedience factor now playing out for not only Daniel, but for his friends that are following suit with Daniel's influence, folks. And this is where we're getting at. This is what we're talking about. How one person, how you, how you 
can have influence of others. We opened up with that, either in a positive way or a negative way. Mm-hmm. We could This story could have been completely different. Probably wouldn't have been in the Bible if it was any different. But it could have been the opposite here, where Daniel could have done nothing or taken pride, exhorted himself. God, He could have pushed God out of the situation here, and this would be a completely different scenario. And and not only for him, but the his, uh, other three gentlemen as well. So, mm-hmm. all right. So that wraps us up pretty much out of chapter two then, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I just want to point out yeah. that, um, you know, we can influence positively or negatively, and our actions can have a negative effect on people. Oh, yes. Or a positive effect on people. Yes, that's a really good point. You, can, you see a lot of times in the Bible where people make poor choices, and it impacts those around them. Yeah. And where Daniel's making wise choices, and it's positively impacting the people around him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really good point, Rick. I'm glad you brought that up. All right, moving forward, Rick. Let's get into chapter 3 here, where we see King Nebuchadnezzar kind of showing his true character right out the gate. He just kind of witnessed all this from Daniel, saw something magnificent happen uh, through Daniel. He just kind of uh, admitted, confessed that God is the God of gods, right? And here's what he does in chapter 3. It starts out, it said, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura and in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. I'm going to stop real quick right there. Mm-hmm. That, I hate to say this, but that almost sounds like what we do at a presidential inauguration. I mean, we call everybody in to come look at this thing from all of the things to celebrate what we're doing here. I Mm -hmm. hate to say it, but sometimes we're putting the president above our God. And we will call people in and not saying that he's doing this, but we will do it. We'll say he's our answer. And I want to say that this particular time that we're in right now, whether it be Trump, Biden, I don't care who it is. Those are the presidents, but my God is still my God. Mm-hmm. And my God is more powerful than any of those things. So whenever we have situations like this, now this was a little different because Nebuchadnezzar was demanding people to come to worship what he created. Mm-hmm. That's not what we do with the presidential election. But we people have that mi- same mindset when they come into those things. We need to remind them mm-hmm. that God is the one who's on the throne. Right. You know, yeah. not and in the White House. And a president or a head of state is, is a tool that God uses. That's right. You know, and hopefully they're, they're you know, they're a tool that surrendered to God. That's right. So that God can use them to minister to his His people. We're going to see here what happens when they don't. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Okay. So uh, where was I at there? Um, verse 3, I believe. Yep. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the providences gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Now, I'm not even sure what the image was. Do you know anything about that, Rick? I, I don't know. No, it just says it was an image of gold and how yep. how big it was. Yep. And uh, anyway, so they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar uh, had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, comma, flute, harp, 
lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now listen, man, that is crazy. So every time that music played, so they had to stop what they were doing and worship this image that was created. I mean, that's just, no matter what they were doing, all times. I just it blows me away. Verse seven. So, so at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, and the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations and languages, fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. That's just crazy to me. No matter what they were doing. Yeah, it's like the. King Nebuchadnezzar set up his own religion. Yeah, that's right. You know, created his own God and said, you're all going to worship, you know, this image. You think he's a little uh, power hungry, a little little egotistical in his thinking here and his Mm -hmm. character? I would say so. Yeah. Yep. So what happens, uh, what happens next here is, um, is how this is going to play out for King Nebuchadnezzar. We're going to see something a little different, right? Um, verse eight, Rick. All right, it says, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. And here we go. We've got people meddling in business that ain't their business. Right. It's something to me how jealousy and envy will bring out some of the worst in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chaldeans, for when it says certain ones, certain, and it's plural, Chaldeans, so it's some little group of people here that have decided to take it upon themselves to go and tattletale mm-hmm. on some three guys who were doing what they should be doing according to God's law. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, they were they were hoping to exalt themselves in the eyes of the king at, at the expense of right. the Hebrews there. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. What a, what a shame. So people, you know, the moral of the story right there is that when you're going to be doing right, you need to expect some adversary. Right. You know, an adversary spirit is going to come against you yep. through some people, some way, somehow. Yep. That's going to happen. Yep. Uh, I had a boss that once said, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, unfortunately, that's right, because yeah. of the simple fact that, you know, if, if, if everybody was on your side, everybody would be escalating up together. But some people, unfortunately, need to feel like they need to step on you to be able to step up above you, yeah. you know, and that's just not right. Yeah. But anyway, that's where we see that, man. And, and so the real question then is, what happens? Yeah. Well, you know, after the, the, they tattled on him, the, then King Nebuchadnezzar in a rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And Rick, I hate to do it to you, 
But right there, folks, is where we're going to cut it off for today. But that's okay, because you know what? There's going to be another episode, and we're going to get into what happens after these three guys here came and sit before the king. And so make sure you tune in next time with us, as we're going to get into the conclusion of part three here of uh, what type of influence are, are you. But until then, I'm Pastor Mike, along with my brother Rick Salcedo. And Rick, say our signature phrase here. Prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>